the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey y'all, welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. And thank you so much for tuning in with me today. My guest is Who is Fancy? And if you haven't heard of him yet, you will because he is a sensation. He has a song out there with Ariana Grande and Megan Trainer called Boys Like You. And it's amazing and riveting. And he's just fantastic. We laugh so much. Like I said before, we almost got attacked by a spider. And we survived. So if that's any indication of how this interview goes, just get ready because it's a blast. So please welcome Who is Fancy? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and on my website, carolinehobby.com. Join the fun every week. Every Wednesday, we'll be coming at you with a new episode. But here is Who is Fancy? Just a heads up, this is adults having adult conversation, so there could definitely be some adult language and content. Hello. What's up? I'm here with Fancy. Fancy. Fancy Pantsy. <laughs> is it who is Fancy or is it Fancy? You know, I go by Fancy in my day-to-day life. Right. So. But who is Fancy, is that the full stage name? You know, it started as a campaign, and then it kind of turned into a stage name. But I'm, a li- I'm in the middle of a little bit of a reinvention, so as you, Fancy. As you should be. Okay, I want to start off with a little bit of a game. Then I want to get into the whole campaign, the whole saga, everything. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to say a word. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Crush. <sighs> Bradley Cooper. Oh, good one. <laughs> You, you know, like that you, rustic man. Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you know how many faces just flooded through my mind when you, <laughs> you said Tell me the top crush? five. Oh, man. Like, I'm thinking like my celebrity ones, but then I'm also thinking about my real ones. Ooh. I can't say those. Okay, because okay, people will actually know. Yeah. Celebrity ones, I'm like really into like, you know what, let's just keep it country. We're here in Nashville. Sorry, and there's dogs in this podcast today because we're at my house and I have three dogs and yes. they're all obsessed with you, Fancy. I love them too. It's, the feelings are mutual. They th- literally threw if themselves on If only the on feelings you. between me and these dogs were like the, the men I'm about to name <laughs> and, I, and me, it would be amazing. <laughs> Life would be good. <laughs> okay, so tell me the top five. Let's keep it country because okay. I, you, I do like, like the cowboy rustic man. I, f- I learned that about you yesterday. Yeah, it's true. Um, I made that cowboy blush, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really think um, he's not a cowboy, but he sings country music. And I think he's so hot. Brett Eldridge. Oh yeah, he's cute. Love him. Yes. Um, Sam Hunt. Oh my god. <laughs> like hand on the face, like sweating. He yeah. is sexy, right? He's so hot and he's so nice. Like when you meet Have him. Have you met him? Like, yeah, just briefly. Did he's you like, like so nice? He like. Did you like? brush each other's arms or anything i think it was like a like a oh like a hey man like yeah. what's up i think it was like a like do you think there's any chance he could go the other way you know i don't like to limit myself <laughs> i don't know i mean, I'm, I mean I don't if know. anyone's gonna turn someone it's you yeah <laughs> it's weird the weird thing is, is i can't get a gay man to flirt with me to save my freaking life <laughs> put me in a room with like 10 heterosexuals and like it's a circus it's really weird. I don't know what it is. Okay, so we got Brett Eldred, Sam Hunt. Yeah, um, I'm a, like I'm gonna keep it old school. Okay, I think Tim McGraw is oh super sexy, so sexy, like mm. such a dilf, S- such a dilf. Yeah, <laughs> he's such, 
and Faith is such a milf. Yeah, they're a dilf milf couple. Yes, they're good. They are good. Okay, anyone else? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. So many. Um, I'm. I just literally had one that I'm not gonna say. Say it. No, because I know him like really well, and then if he's like, if he watches your podcast, do you think he'd be be uncomfortable? Well, I'm just not gonna say it because I'm like. I'm like losing my cool, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, you don't want to get okay, but yeah. there's a good chance you could like hang out with Brett for real or Sam. I've met both of them. I've never like hung out with them. Right. <gasps> oh, Kip Moore's also hot. <laughs> he is very good looking. Yeah, I like he's him got too. like a lot of muscles. Lots of muscles. He must work out yeah, hours. I feel like he could maybe pick me up. Totally. I think he might be a little shorter than me though. But that's okay. I have a rule about heights. Oh. Yeah. If you're not six foot one, we ain't having fun. Six foot one. You need that one inch? I'm a tall boy. You want, like, what if it's, like, a dream boat, but he's six feet? Um. Come on. I don't know. <gasps> one inch <laughs> would ruin it for you? I just don't want to be taller than someone. Okay, so you like them to be the man. I, it's not about being the man. I want them to be, like, taller than me. But why? Because it's just what I'm interested in. It's what I'm attracted to. You like a manly man. Yeah, but their height doesn't mean they're manly. I've met several tall men that are not manly. So what is it about the height? I don't know. I just like it. It's like your preference. Yeah. Okay. okay. Emmy, Emmy Lou, Lou wants to make out with you. <laughs> the funny thing that's happening here is Emmy Lou is my one dog who's throwing herself at Fancy, <laughs> and he could care less, but Sugar is my other dog who's kind of playing hard to get, and that's yeah. the only one you want. It's, I mean, that's the story of my life. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So style. Yeah. I'm saying a word. You say one word. Yeah is your one word. Oh, I forgot we were playing that <laughs> game. I was like, what about it? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you All like right. it. <laughs> Let's start over. Style. Taylor Swift. Oh. Good one. I love these crop tops she's doing. Well, I'm hair. thinking like, we never go out of style. Oh. We never go out of style. Okay. I'm so singing. You got, it got like some urban in your voice. Yeah, a little and bit. It's like some soul. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I want to hear all about that later. Okay, happiness. Yellow. <gasps> I love yellow. I know you do. Your house is yellow. I love yellow. <laughs> yellow is my favorite. Um, bucket list. Um... Africa. Okay. I kind of want to go to all the continents, though. So maybe just travels the word I should should have said. Okay. Any first place Africa though. I mean, I just think that's probably the last place I could see myself. So. What maybe, do you mean the last place? Like I don't know what I'd be doing in Africa. So like maybe if I was in like in Africa, I'd be like, okay, I'm seeing the world. Right. Okay. I, okay. Awesome. I went to Africa on Amazing Race. It was pretty bomb. I want to do the Amazing Race. I think. You do. Yeah. I can hook you up. Yeah. Yes. I think I'd be good on it. I think you'd be great. Are you at a season in your life where you can do it? Perhaps. Okay. Let me suggest you. Okay. Okay. Great. Another (laughs) casting agent. How much running do you really do on The Amazing (laughs) (laughs) Race? Wait. Before we get into this. A lot. It's the most physical activity I've ever done in my whole life. Really? But a lot of people do it. Like, you can do it. You just have to mentally decide you want to do it. And sometimes... Oh, my gosh. Go on, girls. (laughs) And sometimes it's... Ruby! Sometimes it is um, really exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. But you could do it. You know, it'd be it'd be fun to check that off your list. Yeah, that would be a good bucket. Amazing race. That'd be a good bucket. We'll list work there. on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to travel the world. I'm also scared of flying though. 
running and flying are like the two main ingredients of Amazing Race. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you allowed to take Xanax while you're on the Amazing Race? No, they're really strict about pills. You can't take any pills. Oh, well then, I don't... So maybe not. Yeah, maybe Amazing Race isn't my outlet. (laughs) Maybe that's... (laughs) Maybe you should do Survivor. Can you do Xanax on Survivor? (laughs) I don't think you can. They're really strict about like (laughs) over-the-counter. They won't even let you do over-the-counter pills. Really? Yeah. I had to beg to take Unisom sleeping pill because I cannot sleep on planes. Oh, really? And that's over the counter, but it was like ugh, pulling out teeth to get that approved. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay. Um, icon. Beyonce. Ugh. How does she do it? I don't know. She's perfect in every way. Every way. Every She's way. She's the best. She's really the best. She's the best. Do you think your dreams would be shattered if she and Jay-Z got divorced? Um, I don't know. I don't know that my dreams would be shattered. I mean, I, if Beyonce hurts, I hurt. I mean, that's just like how it is. So like, maybe I'd be, maybe I think I'd be upset for Beyonce, but like, let's face it, she's Beyonce. How did she become Beyonce? I don't know, but did you see that? Um, there's a GIF online of like, there's a little short video clip of she was on The View and Whoopi Goldberg literally goes, she goes, you're Beyonce. And Beyonce's response was, thank you. <laughs> did you see that? No. I just want to get to a phase in my life when people just say my name, I assume it's a compliment. It's just, yes, you receive it. <laughs> I am. This is me. Yes, thank you. Well, you have a name like Beyonce, Fancy. Fancy, which could be a compliment. If someone's it's like, such you a are fancy. Thank, thank you. you. So maybe I'm there. Let's practice. You're fancy. Thank you. <laughs> that hair flip is the <laughs> badass. Okay. <laughs> Disgusting. Fish. You don't like fish? Mm-mm. You should work on that. I used to not like fish, and now I love it. Really? Yes. It's a texture thing. Really? Yeah, it's not anything to do with the taste. I just don't like the texture. Huh. Okay. Boobs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're gross? I don't think they're gross, but I just don't. Have you ever, like, seen any? Have you ever, like, touched any? Yeah. I've probably seen more boobs than, like, heterosexual men because girls just, like. But you have, you've never been interested in boobs? No. Nah. Not even once? No. Nah. You never wanted to motorboat those things? I mean, I've definitely motorboated boobs. You have? Like, yeah, it's more for, like, shock and awe. <laughs> I'm, like, my best friend, Natalie Osborne, you know her. Like, yeah. There's no way I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> that's just, like. Did you like it? I mean, there's nothing to like. It's just like... Just like blobs of fat. It's not even, it's not even like... It's oh, my gosh. What are we going to do with these dogs? I don't know. Girls! <laughs> I mean, look at that face. I mean... I don't know if y'all can see her face, but it's like... It's terrible. I don't... I, she has RBF. Resting bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> she totally has resting bitch face. I don't know what to do with them. Like, when we decided to do the interview over here, uh-huh. I forgot I had three dogs. <laughs> I think they're adding a lot. Okay. As long as you're okay with yeah, it. Yeah. I love them. <clears throat> um, yeah. So you motorboated boobs and it was. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It, like I'm unfazed by titties. Yeah. Do you like butts? I mean, in what context? <laughs> I mean, like a good juicy butt. Like a Beyonce butt. Yeah. I can appreciate like a nice butt. <clears throat> On boys and girls. Yeah. Okay. Um, music. Love. Love. Your true love. I mean, it's my life, yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, like I literally, I always have some sort of like song coming through my head. Always. Always. Do you record them into your phone? Mm, sometimes, sometimes not. Do you let them? I have, yeah. a, I have a wild memory. Really? Yeah. I have a terrible when memory. When it comes to like lyrics and like uh, my own lyrics or like, um, 
like songs I'm creating, I rarely write anything down. My publishers hate me. You remember the whole song? I remember a lot of things, yeah. Even if you're writing a lot of songs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I want to get into your life. <clears throat> your name is Jacob Hagood. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Hey, good. Hey, good. <laughs> hey, I'm good. Hey, good. That's your real name. You're born in Arkansas into a Christian household. Yep. So <clears throat> I want to talk to you about that because you're openly gay. Very. Was that um, an issue with your family growing up? I mean, growing up, I, ca- I didn't come out of the closet until I was 20 years old. I'm 24 now. So, so you just recently came out. Four years ago, almost five years ago. Did you always know you're gay? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> I've I ever always had a name for it. I think I always knew I was, like, you know, in like third grade, it'd be like all the boys were friends, and I was around, and it'd be like one of these things isn't like the other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's just kind of how it felt. But the more and more I started being able to identify it and knowing what it was, I definitely, it was definitely like okay. Did you ever date girls? Um, like yes and no. Like, you you kind of did, just maybe trying it, but what? I was really good at like playing like the Christian boy next door, like. <sighs> like I'm saving myself. Yeah. For marriage. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I can't even kiss because yeah, I'm saving exactly. myself. That's for that's for the Lord. Oh, it's but really that wasn't what your yeah, intentions were. Yeah, nah. It was just like I had a lot like going on in my head about like. So what did the family say when you said I'm coming out? I mean, it was a difficult transition, but my family. I mean. I mean, my parents have always been my support and my rock and have always supported me in every endeavor I've ever gone into. And um, when I came out of the closet, it didn't, I mean, it was like, I think it was hard for them to hear, but it was more of like, um, looking back at it now, it's kind of like being able to see like how close me and my family are now. And like, I think it's something that brought us all closer because it opened up a whole door of like conversations that just were never had. When you grow up in like a Christian household, so many things are so taboo and so many things are like not, you're not allowed to talk about them. And now it's kind of like, you know, an elephant in the room was discussed on such a large (coughs) scale. And not only that, now I stand on a a higher pedestal where it's not only in my family, people, anyone who knows me knows I'm gay. And like my, you know, people in Arkansas know my family, have me and their family. And I think for my, I think for my parents and. I don't know about my sisters, but I think I was one of the first, like, openly gay people that they had a relationship with. I mean, I think they've met gay people before, but it wasn't like they had, like, a relationship with those people. And that's an interesting thing, because in Nashville and L.A. and all the, like, the big cities that, you know, we live in, Mm -hmm. it's not a big, like, no one even, it's not even a thing, you know, no one even cares. But in smaller towns, you forget that it still is this divide yeah so i grew up in arkansas and there it definitely was a divide and like it's funny because even in the short time of me coming out and or drop i dropped out of high school because i was bullied so badly and really for being flamboyant and for being different and yeah 100 (laughs) percent. and um i moved to nashville right away and my parents supported that and were you know 100 percent on board had no qualms and did what they had to do to help me get out of that and um moved to nashville my parents drove me here i was 17 didn't know anyone and they drove me here, and um, yeah, I come, I come from really good people, and I think when I came out of the closet, that just, um, I think when, like, trying times, I think that's when you really see people's character. 100%. And, um, I really learned what good people my family were, oh. or my family are, because it's like, with my dad and my mom, it's like, they're Christians, and like, they believe in 
you know, the Christian faith and God and all that stuff. And um, did it change their faith at all? I don't know. I think it made it stronger because yeah. I think I think a lot of the legalistic stuff that gets caught up in religion and opinion and the way people live their life and the way people judge each other. I mean, the Bible specifically talks about that and it's like anti that. So it's like everything that, you know, people don't like about Christianity kind of comes from that like a human form of trying to understand. So Totally. Um I don't know. I don't really dive into all that religious stuff anymore. That's definitely like in my past, but what's your mantra? <laughs> um love and be loved. High five. I just want I just want to love people. I want to be nice. I want I want to be kind. I want to have a good time. Like want, why do we have to box everyone into like put yeah. rules and boxes on people? It takes too much energy to be mean. It does. And what's the point of it anyway? Yeah. Just because someone's different than you? Yeah. I I, I have a hard time with that too. But you know, I that being said, I do respect all religions, Absolutely. all faith, and if anyone's dogma, I, I totally am respectful and um You're just doing in you. fact I look up to my parents more now because I really feel like they put their faith to the test when I came out of the closet and truly, I feel like truly showed, you know, what they say they believe. I feel like they were walking the talk, you know, and it was like, you don't often see that. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And so I just, I have a giant amount of respect for my parents and a very <laughs> deep love for them. And I know it's, I know it's a vice versa. I talk to my dad and my mom every day on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's the best. I know. And good for you for just going for it and putting it out there and being authentic to well, yourself. Well, I moved home for like three months. So I, I lived in Nashville when I came out, and it was like it was hard. So I was kind of like I didn't know if – I was like there's no real way to like deal with this like head on. Mm -hmm. So I just moved home for three months and dealt with it head on. And That's the way to do it. Yeah, we're just, all better you know, for it. I think the longer you live with like suppressing yourself, the more it comes out sideways. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go you. Okay. So I want to get to your music video, which you cover a lot of topics in. Yeah. And goodbye. Before that, I kind of start at the beginning. Okay. I'm very like OCD. I don't want to miss a step. <laughs> so you got your stage name Fancy because you worked at Forever 21. And yeah. that's when you had come out and like mm -hmm. into your own. And you started wearing makeup and yeah. like painting your nails and being fabulous and fancy. For sure. Forever 21 was definitely like a. I a love that Forever 21 is like a huge part of your story. Yeah. So it's definitely like, it was definitely like the first like, um. Uh, a safe place. Because um, you can be whatever you want there. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's um, it's just an environment where, like, fashion's, like, the, the big thing. And, like, yeah, and, like, you're able to, like, yeah, you're able to just, like, express yourself. And, like, it was the first time I worked, I was around, like, other openly gay men, like, my whole life. And, I mean, obviously, growing up in Arkansas, I wasn't around that. And then I went when I moved here, I went to a Christian college, so, like, I wasn't around it. And then this was the first place where I really had, like, openly gay friends. And it was kind of like, I remember one of my managers was joking with me because, like, the first, like, two or three weeks I worked there, I kept being like, like, you know I'm gay, right? <laughs> and I just, like, kept saying it. And she, Did it feel so good? Yeah, because I just wanted everyone to know. I would, like, meet people and be like, well, I'm gay. <laughs> and, like, everyone was just kind of like, no shit. Like, <laughs> duh. We got it. Yeah, and it was just kind of funny because my manager was like, hey, you don't really have to tell people that. And I was like... I just feel like they need to know. Like, I was so passionate about just, like, because it was the Being first yourself. place. Yeah. And then, in turn, like, I was trying to do the whole music thing, and, like, my Forever 21 peeps that were there. I mean, the first year I worked there was just so amazing. I worked in the Cool Springs one, mm -hmm. and the whole crew was just, I mean, we worked together. We partied together. I mean, it was just like a... And that store's magical. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it was just... It, it makes was, cheap look expensive. Yeah. I like Forever 21. It was just, like, a, a really great place for me to really start discovering who I am. 
because when you're like 19, 20, and like that, that's just a crucial part of like finding yourself. And there was so much going on for me mm-hmm. as a 20 year old, just came out of the closet. Like there was just so much going on in my head and my life. And to have that outlet and those people around me that were just kind of so carefree and non judgmental and just fun and living oh life in the big city of Nashville. Because Nashville was a big city to me. Yeah, I still think when, it's a big yeah, city. Yeah, when I moved from Arkansas, I was like, <clears throat> I don't think I had driven on a highway. Oh before I moved here. Wow. So crazy. Yeah. So it was just a really cool like launching pad for me. And as I was trying to do the whole music thing, um, all the conversations around town always had to deal with my sexuality. Well, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just like, I was trying to think like to myself, like, how can I get around that? Like, what is something I can do to like make it a null and void like thing? So what, what was it? Well, I started wearing makeup, I started doing my nails, and I thought like just by appearance people would just automatically know, and it wasn't a conversation to have and all this stuff, and that kind of didn't work, and then, I, but I, I liked who I was, wearing my makeup and doing my nails and having my hair every which color, and um, there was I feel some, like this is your natural color right now. This is my natural color right now. It looks great. It's kind of like a little red. Thank you. Lead, yeah. red, red, it's I'm, beautiful. Yeah, I'm a ginge. You are a ginge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of one of um, my coworkers at Forever Twenty One would always because the Drake song was popular then, fancy, mm-hmm. and I would walk in with just like done up, and she'd be <laughs> like, "Oh, you fancy, huh? You think you're fancy, huh?" And like that was kind of, and I was just kind of like, it caught on for me because it was like for the first time someone was calling me a name that I was like, you know what, girl, damn straight, that's me. I am fancy. That's exactly what I am. And so I did my first show as Fancy, and it sold out, and it was just like this wild, crazy night. And, and you hadn't really, no one even really knew who you were before then. I mean, I had spent a good year going around calling myself Fancy before I did the show. So like, wow, yeah. So, so the so, industry was curious. Yeah. So they all, I mean, it sold out, and people just were kind of like, I was rapping at that point. It was like really crazy and wild, and um, it was just yeah, it was like kind of like. A weird moment in time, but it did. Was it kind of like validation that you're on the right track? 100%. It was kind of like the moment where I was like, okay, I can do this. And I'm. And I can do it as me. Yeah, and I actually made enough money at that show to be able to, like, like stop working as much at Forever 21 and, like, keep, like, um, it was, like, the first time I was, like, paid to do a show, which was, like, crazy. Wow. Yeah, and then I was, like, because, like, at that point, like, I think I made, like, two grand, which is, like. That's a big deal for a show in Nashville. It's a big deal when you're making, like, Seven fifty an hour. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And then all of a sudden, like, someone just hands like, and I'm like, what? I am I'm balling. I'm going to move to the Gulch. And then I go to the Gulch. And I'm like, no, you're not. Sorry. <laughs> it's like $1,900 yeah. yeah. a month yeah. in the Gulch. There's your one-month rent. Yeah, they're like, okay. Uh, you can stay here for, like, three <laughs> days. move to the Gulch. Yeah. You're like, you were ready. Yeah, oh, yeah. My bags <laughs> in Hermitage it. were packed. <laughs> but, um... But no, it was just a really, Fred 21 was a really special place for me. Did you always know you wanted to sing? Like, were you a singer forever? 100%. Were you in bands and choir or something or what? all of that, always. I mean, even when I was little, if you asked me what I wanted to be, I was going to, the answer was always a superstar. You know, I think some people just know when you're called for it. I mean, I I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what everyone else believes, but like, I definitely think my life was kind of like ordained and like. I feel like I definitely have a purpose, and my soul has a purpose, and I feel like this whole fancy thing, I've really, I feel like I've really tapped into, like, my life's purpose of just um, preaching individuality and being being love and light and, you know, just doing me and hoping that other people, I grew up in a situation where that wasn't always an option, 
and maybe like me putting my music out there, me putting myself out there in this situation will open up doors for kids like me in those places that don't have that option and don't have that outlet. Maybe they see that like they can be what they want to be and they can do what they want to do and maybe they're not fancy, but they are unique and they are special and they can they can let that part of them be seen. Was it hard for you as a kid not being able to be yourself? Oh my god, yeah. I was I mean, I got bullied from such a young age. Like it was just like I I remember I was in like the 4th grade and some kid like held me down. And he was like, why do you only hang out with girls? And I was thinking to myself, like, I didn't say anything, so I was, like, terrified. But I was thinking to myself, like, well, it's better to hang out with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that kind of moment. And it's just, like, my whole life it's been like that. And now, I mean, living in Nashville, like, it's kind of a cool feeling to know I can go to Red Door or Rebar or wherever I'm going, Winners, Losers, and, like, Santa's Pub. Like, no, I'm going to walk in there and, like, my sexuality does not matter. It's like, not even a conversation. Yeah, and I have so many friends of so many walks of life and so many, I mean, Nashville's just been such a great place for me and I don't think people think of Nashville as like a very like um, open whatever, but like um, I don't wear my sexuality on my sleeve. That's not what makes me unique. It's not what makes me different. My personality, my vibrance, my, um, the way I see things, that's what makes me different. And I think people in Nashville the people I'm friends with and the people I've grown to love here have really celebrated me for that and I feel so comfortable in this city and this is where I, I like to be. I like to go out here. I like to have fun here. It's just it's just such a light place. You know what I mean? It is. That's such a great way of saying it. Whenever anyone asks me about Nashville, I, I always just, I'm like exuberant about it because I feel I feel like it's magical. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many creative people here. Everyone is competing with themselves. I yeah. don't really feel like anyone's competing with each other. You know, I live in Los Angeles now, and I always come back to Nashville. Everything's all it's always What's coming the back to here. And you know, I have I have, and I'm not I I, I don't like I'm saying this on like record, but it's like in LA, I feel like it's hard to be like really good friends with people that do what you do. I mean, my my closest friends and. LA are all dancers and like it's like we're all creative we're all in the same space but we don't do the same thing and it's like um, here all of my best friends are 100% in the in the music biz and they're all doing what I do they're writers they're artists they're but there's no competition there's no there's no jealousy I mean like everyone roots for each other yeah I mean this the same the same week like things in my career started kind of having like like, you know, a dip. And that's just so everyone knows, everyone's career is that way. There's yeah. highs and lows. Always. And, you know, the, the one week my career is in a low, my friends were all in Los Angeles because they were all nominated for Grammys. And it's like, I could not be any more proud. And seeing my friends being celebrated in that way, it made me feel like I was getting nominated for a Grammy. Because and some like, of your friends are Megan Trainer, Brothers Osborne, Megan Casey Tra Musgraves. Yeah. I mean, you've got like a laundry list of important friends. I mean, yeah, exactly. And the thing that I love about those friendships is if you took music out of it, those are still my homies. 100%. Those are still my people. And you were friends with them before any of y'all had stuff going on. 100%. Yeah. I've never even written a song with Brothers Osborne. I've never written a song with Casey Musgraves. Like that's, music is not what binds us. It's like those people are my friends because I like you who they them. are. They like who I am. And it's just kind of like... Did it make you want to cry a little bit? Yeah. Oh, my God. When <laughs> in Los Angeles, like, I remember I was, I was working. I was doing, like, some, like, work for E. I did, like, the E Red Carpet after party with Ross Matthews, who's my fave. <sighs> I and love him. Tell him to, so like, amazing. hire me to be a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. His podcast, Straight Talk, is the best and such a creative I was title. on that. I know. I oh listened my God. to you. It was, so, it was so much fun. He's the but, best. Yeah, so I did that, and I was, like, bummed because, like, you know, 
brothers Osborne and their sister Natalie, who's my best friend in the entire world, and Lucy, who's another one of my best friends. Lucy Silvis, who's Lucy married Silvis, to John. married to John Osborne, brothers Osborne. Um, they were all there at the Grammys, and I was like, they're going to that party, and I'm only invited to this party. And like, um, Natalie, there's a spider on your couch. Where? Look. Oh. <laughs> Let's just throw it. Oh. You- <laughs> Do you think it's gonna abiding when you've been staring at that? I was wondering why you're staring at Well, I saw it on the wall and I was like, as long as it's there, I'm good. Like I'm fine. But it started crawling towards you on the couch and I got nervous. So I was like, mm. Do you feel like you're like in like Jurassic Park over here or something? No, you don't understand. Like I love dogs. <laughs> I love them. Spiders, not so much. I don't know, we're at through it. It was a daddy long leg. I don't okay. think it can bite us. They do say those are the most poisonous. I think that was proven wrong on Mythbusters, I but I'm, I might be high sugar. Okay, so um, you wanted to go to this party, but you could not go to that yeah, party. Yeah, Natalie and TJ were texting me and John, and we were all on, we were all on like a thread for like hanging that weekend in LA, and they were like, they're like, are you coming out tonight? And I was just like, I'm not like, I was like, I can't get into this party. He's like, you're going to this, and I'm on these lists, and you're on those lists, and they were like, we'll figure it out. Just like come meet us, and so like I'm in like my rose gold like sequin kimono, like floor length, just like running through downtown Los Angeles trying to find, like, the 7-Eleven they were parked at. And because, like, you know, when you're nominated for a Grammy, I guess they give you a driver and a car to, like, just drive you wherever. Oh, of course. And so that, of course. Right. I've never had that luxury. You so will. one day I will. Of course So will. I'm, like, they're, like, we're at the 7-Eleven on, like, this and the corner of this and this. We're just waiting for you. And so, like, and, like, it was pandemonium downtown. And so I'm, like, they're, like, like running, like, trying to, like, figure out where they are and, we finally find them, and I got in that car. I got in their suburban, and like I was sitting like shotgun, and they were on the back, and like just turning around and seeing like four of the best humans on earth, like just like all dressed up, and like I I literally about I'm about to cry now. Like I literally was just like I was like this. And all of your friends are authentically living their dreams and following their passions. One hundred percent, and not only that, they're supporting me and doing the same thing. Every high, every low. They're my friends regardless. Those people would still be my friends if I worked at Forever 21. And that's what's beautiful about it is, like, I got in that car and, like, just knowing the week I had and the month I've had and, like, it's been it's been low, you know? It hasn't been the most, like, glamorous of times. And to get in that car and to know that those people that are, like, so talented and so, like, just crazy good, you know, they were sitting at a 7-Eleven waiting on my ass <laughs> to get there before they went to that party. It just... I don't know. It it's was the just, point. It's the point of life. It, exactly. I was like, this and this, this moment, is it. this is what matters. And this is it. No You're record deal. It no record deal. No management company. No song. Nothing could take this moment from me. Mm-hmm. Because those things are temporary. This is what matters, you know? I love that. Yeah. And I love y'all's group of friends. I admire you guys from afar. I'm trying to weasel my way in there a little You're bit. You're in, girl. Come okay. on in. Okay. We're very welcoming. I know. Okay, yeah. well, I'll just start showing up. Don't tell me <laughs> Do twice. Well, I'll start texting you, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you were discovered by Scooter Braun, who's Justin Bieber's manager, mm-hmm. Scott Braschetta, and Dr. Luke. How did that happen? You know, girl, I think, I, like I said earlier. Because that's a trilogy think, of intense Yeah, so talent. Big Machine signed me first. I was signed as a writer to Big Machine. Um, they put me in a joint venture with Dr. Luke. I, w- I started riding with Luke. Um, what about that scandal going on with him? I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to know the truth. Yeah, I don't know the truth either. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys write songs, you and Dr. Luke? Yeah. I've and Max Martin. You yeah, wrote- I've written with, yeah. I mean, pinching, who are you? <laughs> That's the top of the top. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I was. I worked with them for the GRL record. It was a girl band. And um, I worked with them on that pro- um, project. And... It was it was an amazing time. I learned a lot. 
about who I am as a writer and even furthermore an artist and what I wanted. And um, I talked Dr. Luke and Big Machine, even though that they weren't quite sure about my artist ambition and all that stuff. I mean, it, Big Machine's always been super supportive of me no matter what. I so they found you as a writer first, Big yeah. Machine. Well, I was an artist doing my shows as a rapper. And was, it was this big like, show that you had your $2,000? That's where Big Machine saw you? Well, it was like three shows after that. Okay. This is where they found me. And um, I'd met with Mike a couple times before, and he's just he's just a, an amazing person. And um, so he signed me to Big Machine Music. and then Mike Molinar. Mike Molinar, yeah. He runs the publishing over runs there. Runs publishing at Big Machine. He's the best. And then he's the best. And um, he signed me to the joint venture with Dr. Luke. And okay, so how did that happen? Um, they had start. They had been talking about starting a joint venture. Um, Becca Tishker, who runs Prescription Music oh, for she's Luke, she's the best. She's wonderful. <laughs> she's wonderful. And then, um, um, so her and Mike started a venture. They put an, one artist writer in, and then I was the second one to be signed. So um, it was kind of nice. And like my first trip to LA, I was writing with Luke, and. My second trip, Did you I was believe in a, your life at this point. No, I think I cried every single day. Like I was just kind of like, so confused. And then um, the <laughs> more and more, the more and more I was in LA and writing for the people, the more I was kind of like, I don't know if this is my gig. I'm an artist, and I need to get back to that because that's how I got signed was doing my shows. And so you were writing just strictly as a writer. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. must be a badass writer. I mean, um, to hang with Dr. Luke and be in <laughs> rooms with other artists and Max. I mean, that's you must hold your weight. You know, I, I, I love writing. It is, it's one of my passions, but I write my stories, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like I have a hard time giving those stories to other people. And when, it, when, it, when the stars align and, like, the situation's right, like, of course I write for other people. And if I'm passionate about um, projects, I obviously definitely want to write on them. And, um, but, yeah, I just had my own artist ambition, and that was very important to me and always will be. So I convinced them to do a showcase. And then um, – at that show, my first show in LA was at Hotel Cafe, which is a very big deal. It's, well, it's a, it's, it's like a, it's like where it's like the up and coming people go, yeah, isn't it? Everyone's performed there, everyone. Mm -hmm. So I did it there, and it was a great crowd, and um, a lot of people came out. And that week, um, my um, one of Scooter's managers on his company reached out, and we went and met, and that's where I signed there. And um, did it happen quickly? It was all pretty quick, yeah. Like you kind of had a dream situation. I have happen. had a whirlwind um, past three years. Yeah. I signed a big machine three years ago. Like oh, a year after year you moved to town, pretty much, or two years after you moved to town? Yeah, like starting into my third year. It's a big deal. Yeah, and starting into my third year, and then um, <gasps> it's back. No. It's back. What? No. <laughs> Shoot. It's good. Oh. <laughs> no! It fell apart! It fell apart! Oh, I killed it. Oh my gosh, I was not trying to kill it for the record. I really wasn't. I was just trying to save it. I was not trying to kill it. I'm going to put it up there just in case it lives. I didn't mean to kill the fire. Don't be mad. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> I hate spiders. You really do? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it happened really fast for you. Because mm -hmm. not everyone has it happen that fast. I mean, it was. 
I mean, yeah. I'm so you clearly got to your authentic self quickly. I feel like sometimes people have to get to town, explore for a while, try things on. Like, you were already ready to go. You had it all. I mean, I think I just always let the music speak, and I think that's what everyone's always seen is, like, my the music. And um, I think I've had to figure out a lot of stuff along the way, and each year has been a new lesson learned. And I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting stronger and stronger and stronger and better and better and better. And, um, I mean... Tell me some of the lessons you've learned. Oh, my word. I mean, I'm in a season of my life right now where I just feel like I've learned everything. You know what? You know what? The biggest lesson I've learned through this whole process... What? Nobody is my end-all, be-all. I will be done when I say I'm done. And that's, that's how I feel. And it's empowering. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me no. I mean, just, I mean it, I, it sounds like you know, it happened like this and it was overnight and great. I had a lot of people tell me no. I had a lot of people tell me, this isn't going to happen for you. You don't belong in this town. This isn't, you know, you're not a writer. You're not an artist. You'll never make it on Top 40 Radio. And stuff like that really, like, just kind of inspires me because it's like... Yes, it, I will. It lights a fire. And I'm like, you know what? Because someone told me I wouldn't make it in Nashville. That Nashville's too big of a city. I moved there. I did it. Someone told me I'd never get a publishing deal. Did that. Then it was like, you're not really an artist. Okay, got signed as an artist. Then it's like, you don't know if Top 40 is your avenue. My first single went Top 40. It's Goodbye. Like, yeah, and then and now it's kind of like I'm in a spot where it's like... Um, who I want to be as an artist and what I want to do is, is being questioned and up for whatever. And um, I'm just ready to take, I'm just ready to take the reins myself. And do you know the direction you want to go? Yes, very much so. Tell me about it. Um, and then I, I want to talk about your past. I want to talk about Goodbye and Megan Trainer and Ariana yeah, Grande yeah, yeah. too. Um, tell me about where you're going. This record I've been putting together, it's, it's fun, it's young, it's rhythmic, it's honest, it's very open. I'm putting it all out there. I mean, it's about love loss and and heartbreak steamy situations it's about it's all in it you know it's like i'm this this is my journal and i want it to all be like very much danceable i want people i want people my age to relate to it. i want people younger than me to relate to it. i want people older than me to relate to it and um it's it's a very lively um ethereal carnal um rhythmic tribal situation What's carnal mean? oh girl it's like passion and appetite oh yeah. I like a carnal. Carnal. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So what about when you put your song out, Goodbye? You did this whole campaign, which was really freaking cool. And how did you pull it off? I don't know. We're basically like you didn't ever show who you were. You did like videos all over the internet with other people lip syncing your song. And then you had yeah. your big debut on Jimmy Fallon, who's the best, by the He's way. He's wonderful. And you like turned around and you blew glitter in everyone's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like... Here is fancy, but after yeah. like months of no one knowing who you were, right? How did you come up with that plan? Um, that plan was decided once I signed to Scooter Braun, at SP Projects, and my manager Olivia, my then manager Olivia, and um, Republic, and it was the marketing plan that got put in place. And did you like that marketing plan? Yeah, I really loved the idea of it not being about anything other than the song and the music, and. Um, I was into it, and of course, when you—it was my first record deal. You know, you're you're kind of just like anxious and eager, and we'll do anything. So um, that is a good distinction. Yeah. So I was just kind of like they went with it. It went, you know, it was just kind of over. Like it's kind of like a rapid fire thing. Like it just kind of like happened, and um, yeah, it was really cool. The Fallon thing was the first time that I was literally just like. And he was blown away by you. He's amazing. He's so wonderful. How is he so wonderful? 
Oh, I don't know. That's one of my crushes going back to the oh, very beginning. Oh, good one. Love him. Throw him on there. Yeah, he's he was just so kind and sweet and um, everything he is on his show, he was in real life. So it was just, it was an amazing experience. And, um, you and know, that was I'm your super, big debut. Yeah, and I'm super, I'm super grateful for every experience I've encountered this whole far, this whole, this whole time. I mean, it's, I mean, it's easy to like say like when things aren't going right or when, th you know, things aren't looking good, it's easy to be jaded or like look back on it and be like, well, if, you know, shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. But that's not me. And this whole past year and a half since getting signed and having everything happen for me has been a whirlwind. I mean, it has. I, I can say I've done things that a lot of up and coming artists don't always get the chance to say they've done. Like, and what are some of those things? I mean, I did. I did Fallon. My song went top forty on radio. Um, I went on tour with Ariana Grande. I, and Megan Trainer. Yeah, and then Ariana and Megan both sang on my on my second single. Boys like you. Yeah, we performed on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, I've had a dream situation. I mean, a lot of people don't do that in a year and a half, and. Um, I can say I did, and I've learned a lot. I feel like I've been through a very extreme boot camp, and I, I know I'm a better artist, and I know I'm a better writer, and I, I know I'm a better person because of the experiences I've gone through this past year and a half, and no one can take that from me. So it's like moving forward and leaving a lot of that behind as far as like work goes, it's, it's exciting. I feel free. I feel invigorated. I feel, like, I feel like this is just the beginning. And Do you feel like now maybe you know things you would say no to like you said as a new artist and I can totally 100 to when I walked into to my first management meeting which was with Scooter, say yes to everything I mean it's not even about saying yes it's just about wanting something so bad and it's like you know you see it you you see it with your own eyes what your future is like what you want for yourself and like you know people are like yeah I get it you know talent yes but but it's like I walked in there. I was 325 pounds. I was. I had one song to my artist repertoire. Everything else was written for other people. I had one song that I'd written for myself. Was it goodbye? goodbye. And I walked in. I was like, "Here's this. I'm ready to be an artist. Please and thank you." <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like now. I mean, the experiences I've had, and like the lessons I've learned, and the songs I have, and the music I've created, and the people I've met along the way. I mean. I don't know what's going to shake me moving forward, like walking into a management meeting or walking into a label meeting. I know what I need. I know what I'm worth, and I know what I deserve. And it's like those are things that are priceless. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know those things. And, and I'm, I'm not working with Scooter Braun anymore. I'm not working with Republic anymore. But um, those relationships are 100% positive, and everything was – it was an amicable split, and – um, I'm 100% I'm grateful and appreciative and of the experiences given to me this past year and a half. It's so interesting that you say that because I feel like this industry prepares, like you said, nothing can shake you. Like it's hard for something to shake you. This industry throws you into so many situations with so many walks of life. Mm -hmm. I feel like a big thing that happened to me was I had to let go of like trying to control stuff or trying to control outcomes or yeah. trying to like, you know, have my hand like heavily on stuff because right. there's so many moving pieces when you're really committed to the entertainment industry. Definitely. Do you feel like you've like learned how to just kind of surrender it over? Like work hard? I mean, so much of the process, I mean, literally while my song was on radio, I was underground, like not even allowed to talk who I was about who I was. And I mean, that's a hard process. And like, it was like, I kept remembering if I, if I can get through this, 
I'm good. And then there'd be one more thing that was just like rattled me to the core. And then there'd be, after I got through that, there'd be another thing that just rattled me to the core. And after that, something else. And after that, something else. And having friends like Megan Trainer and Brothers Osborne and Casey, I mean, I've seen all of them go through similar situations, you know? And so it's like, I've learned a lot from a lot of people from who have, who are way greater than me and have done amazing things. And, um, what have you learned from them? How to handle those situations? I mean, just knowing that my situation is not uncommon and, and things I'm going through aren't like unique to me. And I have a bad habit, as I think a lot of artists and creative people do, to make things personal. And it's like, this is an attack on me. When it's like, no, it's not. It's, this is what's happening currently. And if it wasn't you, it'd be this person or it has happened to everyone else. And just knowing that like everyone's road has been bumpy. It's not, no one's, no one's road to success was gold you know it's like ever it's it's always high like we talked about earlier it's highs and lows and being able to see my friends go through those highs and lows i mean brothers osborne just celebrated their first number one and it's like it's that was a, a long road for them a very long road and it's so inspiring to me when that song went number one when they got nominated for a grammy as someone who's watching from afar it's like it makes me want to go to the studio and work a little bit harder it makes me want to go to those meetings and listen a little more intently it makes me it makes me want to work on myself and my art and my and my passion and your vision yeah it makes me want to go there it makes me want to like continue when so many times this industry puts stuff on you that you're just kind of like i could do without this like what is this like this is not what i signed up for but don't you I think 90% of it is not what we signed up for? 100%. It's like <laughs> No I, one knows that. Break that down. Yeah. Like, there's all this stuff that goes with being an artist that no one knows about. That's not glamorous. Yeah, it's like glamorous. Bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, 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 bullshit. More bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Glamour, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Glamour, bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. You know Everyone I mean? thinks you make you get a record deal and your life is just made in the shade. Yeah, and I mean... And it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. 100%. I was going to say, it's like, there's nothing else in this world I'd rather be doing than what I'm doing now. In every high, in every low, I try to remind myself that. But I mean, there's just some situations that happen where you're just kind of like, because I am a writer, I could pack all this up. I could go be in Nashville in a city I love with the people I love and write songs every day and that could be my life. You'd be happy. And I would be happy. Um, but you feel... You're being called to do this. I have, I think I have something that I have to do and I'm not going to stop until I've done it. Speaking of your platform, one really awesome thing you did with your, with your music video, video goodbye, you really covered some serious topics. Mm-hmm. Why, what, what made you want to do that? Cause that's a big, brave, awesome move that you did. You hit on a lot of things. I'm so tired of <laughs> in this industry and in this world, um, people having getting to have opinions about other people based off things that don't Matter. partain to them. Yeah. It's like someone wants to talk about my sexuality, my, my femininity, my flamboyancy. They want to talk about my, me having makeup. But what I want to know is me having any of that, what does that have to do with anyone else? And when getting signed and all the stuff and talking about it, it's like, you know, everyone's making, what, what is middle America going to think? Or what is so-and-so going to think? Or like, what about this? And it's like, I just think it's so interesting growing up in middle America and that being my life, like thinking about how much weight gets put on people's appearance, people's sexuality, people's so gender. T- tell me about your music video. What did you cover in that? Yeah, so we had three different people, actors, um, pretend to be me, but they were all um, 
in different ways, they were not um, acceptable to the standard of what a pop star is. Um, we had a girl who was um, so much fun on set, and she was just so kind, but, you know, she was a bigger woman, and um, she walks in in her sweats and, like, just walks in, and then through the process, they turn her into this, like, glamorous diva, you know, and it's like there's another one who, um, his name's Marcus, and he walked in as a woman. He walked in as his, like, how he sees himself, and um, his, I think his woman's name is Daniela. Oh, I like and, that. Um, I mean, he's a beautiful woman and a beautiful man. It's kind of crazy, and through that process of him going through the video, you see them turn him into a cowboy. And then um, the third one was this kid who's just like tattooed up, like walks in and then um, just kind of like a street kid. And then they cover his tattoos up with an airbrush and then um, make him into like a Justin Bieber lookalike. So basically it's saying they're turning someone's who they, what they originally are and their authentic self into something that's acceptable. Yeah. And you're kind of saying like, I'm done with that. You know, I'm saying that's not okay, is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. And um, with the goodbye thing, I think a lot of people listen to it. And it's, I mean, obviously, I wrote it when I was going through a relationship um, plunder. But it's like, th there's a lot of things that we allow in our lives that we do need to say goodbye to. And um, other people's opinions is kind of one of the biggest ones. I feel so much free now that I just do not give a shit what people think about me. I don't. And when was like, that turning point for you? Um, when I became fancy. So it was like an evolution. It literally was like a million pound weight lifted off of me. <sighs> I felt like I could run for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you did a big song with Megan Trainer and yeah, Ariana Grande. I wrote a song in Nashville with Bob DiPiro and, and one of his writers named Jason Gant. And um, it was my favorite song. And when I got signed, I, I literally demanded that this song was on my record or was I was allowed to sing it because it was about boys. Boys like you. was like, I don't know. Yeah, and um, Scooter and everyone on board at the time. Because that was probably the most like out there song saying I... 100%. Because even Sam Hunt, Sam Smith, he didn't like outwardly talk about sex, like the gender. Yeah, I am in no way ambiguous. I never want to be hushed. <laughs> I'm Like I said earlier, these songs are my journals and um, as we covered earlier about crushes, I have a lot of them and <laughs> I make common mistakes with every single boy, and it's just kind of like I was telling I literally walked into Bob's writing room and was just kind of like talking about it, and he was like, well, you need to stop falling for boys like that. And I was like, oh, my God. And we wrote the song. It and, is amazing. Um, Megan and I have been friends for a long time. And Did y'all meet in Nashville? Yeah, and we've, we've been writing together since we were. Way little, before she was Megan Trainer. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I still have an email in my Gmail account from where she's like, yo, if you know Megan, it's yo. Um, I don't know if I want to be an artist or anything, but if I do, if I do decide to do it, this would be my song, and it's all about that bass. Are you kidding me? Literally, I was. Sh yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> and then like at the Grammys, she's like best new artist, and it's just kind of like. I guess she decided to be an artist. Listen, cool shit happens to really cool people, and it's like it just—it's inspiring to me, and it's like Megan's road hasn't been like paved with gold and. It's just, it's, I mean, she's a she's a real cool chick, and so it was really nice to have her on this song. And at first, it was just her and I, and then at the time, me and Ariana had the same manager and the same label, and they were like, "What if we? What if this was like your bang bang moment?" And they <sighs> they asked me if I'd write a third verse for Ariana, so I did. And that weekend, I was in the studio with Ariana Grande. And was that amazing? Yeah, I mean, Ariana's an amazing. She's just so funny, and she's fun to be around. And, and she can do so many impersonations. She's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, she really can. I would hate to know what her impersonation of me is. <laughs> it's probably it's fabulous. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It has to be. <laughs> but she, yeah, she was a lot of fun to be with. And the three of us together is just, they're both friends. So it's just, it's really cool. Was that a surreal moment in your life? Oh, yeah. That Dancing with the Stars when it was like the three of us. I was just kind of like. What is life? Yeah, don't know. <laughs> don't know. Just going with it. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's like. I think two years ago, people would have told me that wasn't, wouldn't be possible, and it happened, and I'm super grateful for it. I mean, both Megan and Ariana have been amazing to me and have supported me in, like, a really big way, and so they've just been really good friends to me in real life and in my career, so I'm super thankful for them. So what are you most excited about for 2016? I'm most excited about getting back to me and um, getting back to the music I want to create and putting out the images of me I want to put out there, and... Um, not sugarcoating it. I'm I'm excited about that. That's what I'm excited about. Not sugarcoating. I want it to be real. I want it to be raw. I want it to be honest. I want it to be fancy. Word mm. to your mother. Yeah, I flat. mean, drop the mic on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay, let's wrap up. Let's that was up. kind of amazing. <laughs> I like to leave with a little segment called leave your light okay so give me some inspiration something that's inspired you or something that you want to inspire on others oh my goodness i feel like i gave all my inspirational stories away you already. did you actually this is kind of like a leave your light episode yeah <laughs> like the whole thing was really empowering which honestly is the point of my podcast i am spotlighting people who have had long journeys and everyone thinks they just see like the highlight the right. highlight reel but behind, behind the highlight reel, there is like a lot of shit that goes yeah. down. And it's a long journey. You have to commit to it. So I think it's inspiring to hear people's stories like yourself. For sure. Who don't give up. Yeah. And I, 100%, I'm thinking about when it, if it was like leave your light and like I knew like a bunch of like kids like in Arkansas <laughs> were like going to hear it and like Just the my first situation. thing that's on your, heavy on your heart. What comes to your heart first? You what know means what? something to you? I think I would like, I just, I don't believe them is what I would say is when people doubt you don't believe them, believe yourself and believe in yourself. And that's kind of been the, the backbone of my whole life is everyone's like, how did you do this? Or how did you get through that? Or how did you get through this? And it's like, I've never not believed in myself, regardless if I was open about my sexuality, regardless if I was in Arkansas, regardless if I was in Nashville or Los Angeles, I've always believed in myself. And I think that comes from my parents instilling that in me. Um, you got to write that too. Don't believe them. Yeah. I like uh, that's, I just don't believe people who don't understand my vision, who don't see it and speak doubt. I don't, I don't believe in speaking doubt to anyone. I think it's, it's our job as people to lift people up and to make people feel magical and to make them like realize that they're best versions of themselves. Cause so many people have done that for me. And it's like, I feel like that's the kind of person I want to be. When people don't speak that way, when people speak negative, when people are hurtful, speak doubt into others. I don't believe it. It's not worth my time. I love that. And that's not the legacy you're trying to leave. No, 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 no. Fancy. Not me. Fancy. <sighs> Fancy, you're the greatest human on earth. Oh, my God. I think you might be. No. <laughs> I feel like you have I'm a not. lot. to. I feel like you have a big message to share. I believe I do, too. And I'm really excited about this album that's coming together and um, just opportunities that are around the corner. They're coming. Yeah. They're all I feel there. them. I feel them. I can smell them. They're so close. Okay. We're wrapping up. You did all your right. light. But like, don't you really believe that? I feel like speak, talk about this just a little bit for you. And creative people, I think especially can feel stuff coming. Like it's like you see it almost happening and that's not hippie dippy voodoo shit. No. I mean, I, I think everything happens for a reason. I mean, 
nothing in my life has been unanswered. It's like this happens in the moment. I'm like, why is this happening? And then in a very short time, it's kind of like, oh. And I really believe that thing, like one door shuts and a window opens. And my life experience has been like a door shuts and like the house falls down and I'm like good to go. Like it's <laughs> like I'm, I can go anywhere. So it's like that's what I feel right now. I feel like I feel I see all the windows opening and I'm just ready to like climb through. And don't believe him. Don't believe him. Okay, fancy. He's the best. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for all the dogs participating. Okay, bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I hope that you loved hearing from Who is Fancy. He is so amazing and inspirational. And I cannot wait to keep following his career and seeing what kind of crazy shenanigans he gets into because Lord knows they're going to be fantastic and fabulous. Next week, I have a thousand horses with me, which I'm so stoked about because I love these guys. I'm married to the lead singer and they're just badass dudes. They had an awesome year last year. Their song Smoke came out, went to number one. They toured with Darius Rucker. They just just got announced they were nominated for an ACM New Group of the Year, and they're just badass dudes. So you won't want to miss it. Tune in next Wednesday to Hyper Caroline Hobby, and please subscribe. See you soon. Bye.